Welcome to Empowered to Profit Podcast, hosted by Erica McMillan and Samanda Marshall Sawyer, where we have candid conversations about ministry and business, because ministry is business and business is ministry. This is episode number two. And in this episode, I am sharing with you a very powerful group of people that really help you grow your business. But oftentimes the focus is on the clients when in essence, our focus should be on our team. It should be on building leaders, building our team, empowering our team to be powerful and self-sufficient because the point of having a business is not so that you can feel like you are punching a clock yourself as the CEO day in and day out like there's not enough hours in the day to get done what you really want done but it's about reproducing leaders and duplicating yourself so you know in in business oftentimes we forget about this one group of people and it's our team it's our subcontractors it's those other individuals that help us to have a successful business and to be in business to be able to serve our clients. Clients are very much important. Customers, very much important, but we don't want to forget about our team. All right. So I met with my team today, my core team. Um, The way my business is structured, I have a core team, which are my main individuals. You can kind of consider them your C-level type of persons. They're your managers and your leaders in business, uh, in your business. They lead different departments or different aspects. They're not just the persons who are doing, you know, uh, particular tasks for the projects and the different things that you're doing to serve the clients. Um, They're more on the forefront than everybody else um, or they have greater level of responsibility. So I have a Uh, segment of my business team that I consider my core team. And then I have a group of individuals that, you know, work as graphic design, graphic design artists, uh, video editors. Um, They work as web developers and things of that sort. So, um, I I believe it's very important when you are um when you are building a business no matter if you're a one woman one man shop or you have 300 people that work with you whether they're on payroll or whether they're subcontractors it does not matter um it really doesn't matter about the structure. What matters is, is that you take the time to actually connect with the people that work with you and for you. The reason why you need to connect with these people is because these people are impacting your business as well as your clients or customers. And so for me, it's very vital that I connect with those persons who are working uh, with me and for me, especially my core team, because those are individuals who are my top leaders in my business. Those core persons, I 
connect with them uh, even more so to make sure that I understand their desires in life. I connect with them to understand why are they connecting to me? Because see, they are more than just task bunnies and I am more than just a paycheck provider. Okay. So I want to know I'm connecting with them because I want to know what's beyond the surface. What do you desire more than just this paycheck? What can this love this compensation that you're receiving for the work that you are performing. Um, what, what does that really mean to you? Is that, you know, is that more freedom to spend time with your family? Is that a vacation? Is that, uh, being able to take care of your elderly, uh, grandmother? What does this really mean? Does it mean that now you can escape from this nine to five, or maybe now you can transform, uh, some of your ideas into something that is visible in real life and you can actually move forward on some things that you've always desired to do? What, what do you really want out of life? That's one of the main things that I like to understand about every single person that's at least at least the persons who are on my core team. I want to understand what do they really want out of life. The second thing that I want to understand is um, for me, the persons who are part of my core team, typically they are entrepreneurial minded. That means they either have a business or they desire to launch a business. And so I like to better understand, um, you know, what that business is and their vision for that. You know, and if they're not looking to be an entrepreneur, but they have an entrepreneurial mindset as far as a mindset of of being um business oriented, being professional, being proficient, serving at a higher level, because an entrepreneurial mindset is a different mindset than your typical person who is, you know, punching a clock from nine to five or whatever. And so I want to understand their vision and 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 I prefer that they have an entrepreneurial mindset because typically uh, there's things that they really want to aggressively accomplish. And I want to make sure that what I am, where I am placing them in on the team or in this business model of my business, it is in alignment with the direction that they desire to go so that not only are they accomplishing things that are my goals, but I'm actually helping them to accomplish their goals because they are part of my team. And so it's a reciprocating uh, relationship to where it's not just about how much they are compensated, but it's about the fact that their life, their life is impacted and it's transformed and it's changed in the way in which they desire for it to be changed because of the vision that they have for themselves, for their business and what they desire out of life. However, if you never take the time to fully understand or at least to begin to understand and foster such a relationship and have such a communication with with the person that's working on your core team, they're one of your leaders, then you make an assumption. You make an assumption that the check is just enough. 
the compensation that they're receiving is enough and that they're pleased with the experience that they are having as being a part of your team or working for you or what have you. And see, the more you establish relationships, like there's two types of relationships that you really need to establish. You need to establish good relationships, not only with your clients, but you need to establish great relationships with those who work for you. No matter, like I said, if it's a consultant, if it's a subcontractor, if it's an employee, you need to establish those relationships because people don't care about anything that you have to offer, anything that you want to accomplish until you know that they, until they know that you care about what it is that they desire. And so you want to have a sincere, genuine concern and care about them as a person. You know, you want to have a genuine concern about their well-being and their desires. Because when you do that and it is sincere, then you begin to build a foundation of a relationship with that particular uh, team member, that particular leader that is paramount and you will see that person perform at optimum levels because they realize that what they're doing with you or for you or part of your business or for your business or what have you, what you're doing, what they're doing for you is actually going to still benefit them beyond a paycheck. And That to me is the American dream. That to me is the entrepreneurial dream. The entrepreneur doesn't just want time freedom just because they want time freedom. They want time freedom so that they can live life on their own terms. And you can empower even an employee to be on fire and to be excited about working with you. By understanding their desires and then cultivating that relationship around that. I see so many times that I've helped clients where they had turnover in certain areas or they had employees that were underperforming. And one of the main things that was happening is that they were not taking the time to understand, to build and foster a relationship with those particular persons who are working for them. And oftentimes it just takes a conversation here or there. It takes an additional 15 to 20 minutes uh, during a meeting to just start to cultivate that relationship. It takes, you know, an hour lunch one-on-one with certain persons who you may think is underperforming. You may think just doesn't get it. And in essence, you may have missed the mark as a leader. And we have to be humble as leaders, receptive as leaders to know when to really, you know, push the needle to, to, um, you know, challenge those persons to work at a higher level, perform at a higher level, or when it's our responsibility to empower them to operate on that level of expectancy that we have.
So if if you are looking at your team and you have a team and and like I said, it doesn't matter if this team is a, a group of, you know, subcontractors or if this team is uh, just different individuals that have agreed to work with you on a particular project. It doesn't matter the title, the structure or what have you. It doesn't matter if this is a nonprofit and they have volunteers. When you have people that you want to perform, one of the one of the biggest things that I have seen that has made the greatest difference is building a sincere relationship with those persons, communicating with those persons, having friendly conversations with those persons, learning more about those persons, because it's not just your clients that matter. It's the people that work with you that matter. And I'll share this one, one last point about building up your team. Well, two points. The second point is you should look for opportunities to give your team bonuses, to incentivize performance. We want our people to perform and sometimes we want our people to perform and we are looking at every nickel, dime and penny. And we're counting up every nickel, dime, and penny, but maybe it's time to incentivize. Maybe it's time to, just because they've pressed through, despite the fact that they had some personal things, that yes, personal life, oh, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, we should, it shouldn't matter. Well, you know what? What that person deals with matters. So I recall the time where I had, um, I have this person that was working for me and they were dealing with, um, a lot of issues of life. Uh, I think that they had some, the, their, I think their child was sick. Uh, and at the same time they may have, um, they had maybe had some other contracts because this was a subcontractor. Uh, they may have some other contracts that, uh, that ended abruptly, but there was just a lot of things. And then I think there was a storm in their area. Uh, and I think their, their housing was affected because of the storm. So they had all these different things going on. And despite they had all these different things going on, they still were staying in communications with me to let me know what work was being performed, uh, what work may be delayed. And they constantly responded to any questions that I had as soon as they were able to do so. Now I did detect delays in certain things that they were, you know, how they were being responsive, but they explained to me what was going on. Well, during the next, uh, cause I paid this person like every two weeks, you know, based upon, uh, what they were to be completing, uh, I paid this person every two weeks and at the next, uh, what I considered pay period for that person, I gave them a bonus. I gave them a bonus and just said, here you go. Because it's one thing to show up. It's another thing to show up even when you are faced with different things. And sometimes we don't know what's going on with a person. Uh, but you, you definitely want to look for opportunities to give your purse, give your people bonuses to 
uh, give your person incentives. I've even given incentives to uh, complete projects ahead of schedule. You know, I'll tell somebody, hey, you do this uh, by such and such deadline, you know, which is maybe a week or, or a few days prior to the actual due date for that project. And I'll give you this bonus of XYZ amount. And you don't want it to be like insulting. You want it to be something that is really going to be an incentive. And I did that. And when they performed, those who performed and and completed things early, I gave them those bonuses. I do that because I want to show them that their work matters, what they do matters, and I'm watching them. I'm watching them. I'm looking for leaders who are performing because I don't have just followers who work with me. I have leaders from the from my core team all the way down to the person who just, you know, just does web edits or somebody who just maybe they I don't want to say just to belittle, but they're they're more task oriented and they may not be one of my team leaders or they may not be on my core core team. You know, they may not, you know, be over a certain section and manage other people, but their work matters. And I'm and I'm watching. I'm looking and I'm looking to see that you're showcasing leadership because a leader serves in excellence no matter what the project is, no matter what the task is. They take pride in doing so and they perform. So the second thing that I would say is you want to incentivize. The third thing is is something that I don't know why it's overlooked. But it seems like it's often overlooked uh, by small business owners, especially small business owners and entrepreneurs who are trying to bring people on board to do things for them. Or maybe they've outsourced an administrative support arm um, and they're looking for these persons to perform. And it's almost like they expect for these persons to perform miracles, literally Uh, like they're like these persons are supposed to be um, super powered sponges and mind readers. This is what I mean. Case in point, I've had multiple scenarios where I was helping organizations uh, to see why there was turnover with their employees or maybe I'm helping them in the um, filtering process to see, okay, who's a better candidate for a position. And this is like part of what we do with what we call our operations cleanup service to where we're helping to streamline workflow and we're helping to make operations more proficient. Okay. And so part of the strategies that we implement usually results in us getting involved with looking at the type of people that they're hiring or the persons who are already in certain positions, how those persons can perform better. In most cases, the main reason why these people were underperforming based upon what the supervisor said or the CEO said, many cases it is because these persons were not properly trained to do their job. And it seems super simple. It seems like, okay, 
automatically you would know to train a person. But in essence, when somebody is a small business owner or leader of a nonprofit or they're a small business and they have several things going on, oftentimes taking time to train somebody is an aspect that gets lost in the equation. They bring the person on, they give them some tasks to do and say, hey, you know, here's how, here's in a nutshell, they give a summary. Here in a nutshell is is how I want it done. Uh, Can you get it done by five o'clock? And so then the the person, the person that's working, the, the employee or the worker, they're, you know, hammering through those tasks the best way they understood the task to be assigned to them with whatever details, if any, has been given to them. And so what I what I find is a lot of times there are assumptions in uh, the manager's head or the CEO's head or that entrepreneur's head when they're bringing somebody on board, there are certain assumptions that are not relayed or communicated to the worker. And so what ends up happening is the work that is received is not always up to par to the ex- level of expectation that the CEO or the manager had in mind. So this is where we usually come in and we look and see, okay, what is missing as far as what level of training is needed? How can it be uh, documented and how can this training be created so that now these workers are empowered to do their job? And to not only do their job and complete the task, but do it well and to the level of expectancy that that manager or that CEO has. So a lot of times we have not really looked at what it is that we want this person to do and and what does it not just what do they need to do like the task, but what is the level of expectancy that I'm placing on this task and what does that really mean? Case in point, let me give an example. When I want one of my web developers to create certain things on a website, as part of the communication process to help them uh, be better trained to how I view the project, how I view uh, the approach to the project, oftentimes I will not only give actual bulleted instructions, but I will also do a video to that is in essence teaching them my, my philosophy or my approach to this project. That way there's no, there's, there should be less, there's less of a possibility that they will miss the mark in completing this to a satisfactory level. If they miss the mark, it's because they did not review the notes and they did not go through the training because the video is there for them to go through over and over and over again. And the notes are there for them to go through over and over again. And if they complete the training and they look at the checklist and they went through all of that, they complete the task and they say it's complete. Then if they don't miss, don't, don't meet 
my expectations, I usually tell them, go back and review the training. Because what should happen before a task is considered complete, if there's any questions, that person should be able to ask educated, enlightened questions because they have been trained and they've been provided a checklist. Do you provide your workers a checklist? Do you provide your workers with training? That's an essential component to understanding how you do business. That's essential component to understanding your level of expectancy from your workers. And so when they don't meet that level of expectancy, for me, if my persons don't meet that level of expectancy, the first thing that I do is see that I adequately communicate to them my level of expectancy. What exactly was it that I was expecting? And did I provide them with the adequate resources and the adequate training, checklist, etc. to do so? So when we're looking at, you know, our team performing, building an awesome business, we need to look at our team and are we really empowering them to serve in excellence on the level of expectancy that we have because everybody's definition of a great job is relative to that person. Everybody's definition of um, serving in excellence is, you know, relative to that person. So, Ultimately, as the CEO, as the business owner, as the leader of your organization, it is up to you to replicate leaders. And when you replicate leaders, they can serve in excellence. They can operate proficiently and they can meet your level of expectancy so that in turn you have happy clients this has been another episode of empowered to profit podcast stay connected to us by visiting empowered to profit.com also check out our facebook community at launch to profit.com we'll see you in the next episode